0: Now next week, Lord willing, we're going to get into the book of Matthew, but uh, today I just feel that there is a bit of a need, and uh, we talked a little bit about at the SLT about this as well, that we need to kind of go a little bit over what we believe as a church. There's been a little uh, misunderstanding among some people about who we are and what we believe, and so we're going to cover that off uh, today. Now our mission here, and I think most of you should know this if you've been around, is uh, loving Jesus loving people transforming lives this is who we are this is the essence of who we are this is uh, what we want to be about we want to be about people who really love jesus who see jesus as our lord who sees jesus as our as our leader that we want to follow jesus we owe everything to jesus because he gave us his everything we also want to be people who love radically Not just people who are like us, but we want to love radically those who are different than us. We want to uh, be sacrificial in our community. We want to be people who really uh, go above and beyond sort of the standard love and uh, really love as Jesus loved. We also want to see transformed lives. That is through the power of the gospel, uh, the power of Jesus working in and through us, we want to see people's lives changed. Uh, We don't want people's marriages to stay stuck. We don't want to see people stuck in misery and guilt and shame. Uh, We don't want to see people stuck in their sin. We want to see freedom reign. We want to see lives transformed. We want to see people growing in Jesus. And and all of us who are part of this church, I mean, this is what we're about. Loving Jesus, loving people, and uh, transforming lives. Now, this church, I think, as well, some of you know, we actually are a part of a denomination. A lot of people ask, are you a part of a denomination or not? And uh, if you don't know what a denomination is, basically a group of churches that kind of partner together for a similar mission, similar cause, and uh, we're a part of the Evangelical Covenant denomination. Not a lot of churches in Canada, there's only 27, a lot of those are church plants, new churches getting started, and... Uh, and the Covenant Church, as a denomination, as we as well as well use this to, to kind of describe who we are. So we don't have like a 320-point uh, doctrine of uh, statement of faith where we make everybody you got to believe all these little issues. We put it a couple different ways, and one of the ways is this: that we are an apostolic church, we are a Catholic church, we are a Reformation church, and we are an evangelical church. And so. First of all, we are an apostolic church. That is we follow in line with the teachings of the apostles who were taught by Jesus. That is we we follow this book. And we say that we believe in the holy scriptures, the old and new testaments as the word of God and the only perfect rule for faith, doctrine and conduct. And so There can be a lot of different uh, ways we can figure out how we love Jesus people and transform lives. I mean, How do we figure out what our doctrine is? How do we figure out what we should do? We can have feelings, we can have senses, but the only perfect rule is is the Bible. And so we uh, love to ask this question, uh, where is it written? Uh, Like the Bereans who are always going back to the scriptures. And so we're always going back here, uh, challenging each other, hey, where is it written? Uh, how goes your walk, how goes your Bible reading. So we are an apostolic church. Secondly, we are a Catholic church that just means universal. And it's different than a Roman Catholic church. Catholic church means just a universal church. That we don't see ourselves as like a little cult, that we're the only way to heaven here, and that any other church and any other group out there is false. I mean, all churches that love Jesus... And, uh, and see him as Lord, leader, savior, that we realize that we're part of that universal church. So we would hold to the universal creeds out there, like the, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the uh, Chalcedonian Creed, the Athanasius Creed. And uh, let me just read the Nicene Creed to you, because it kind of sums up a lot of what the universal church believes. It says, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. Of all that is, seen and unseen, we believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. And that word, it just means relationship, basically. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in the one holy Catholic, that's universal and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and for the life of the world to come Amen. And so we follow in line with the, the, the teachings of the church universal. We also say we are a Reformation church. That is in the 1500s, you know, about the Reformation when there was kind of return to scripture and there was a split between the Roman Catholic church and the Reformation churches or the Protestant churches. That We find ourselves in the Protestant wing. And a big Debate. There's a few things that were debated, but one of them was, how are we made right with God? Is it through our actions and our works, or is it by faith? And reformational churches believe that the Bible teaches that we are made right with God through faith and faith alone. That is, uh, it's not, I believe in God and I got to do a whole bunch of things, and then hopefully if I do enough things, then maybe God will accept me. Now, we believe that Jesus paid for it all on the cross. And when you have faith in Jesus, you are made right with God. Your sin, your guilt, your shame is washed away, and you begin to walk in what Romans 8 says. There is now no condemnation upon you. And from that moment of salvation, and trust me, we begin to grow, of course, in Jesus. But uh, I mean, here's a, just a quote from the Augsburg Confession, which came from Martin Luther says, it is also taught among us that we cannot obtain forgiveness of sin and righteousness before God by our own merits, works, or satisfaction, but that we receive forgiveness of sin and become righteous before God by grace for Christ's sake through faith when we believe that Christ suffered for us and that for his sake our sin is forgiven and righteousness and eternal life are given to us. For God will regard and reckon or count this faith as righteousness, as Paul says in Romans. Now, we also say we're at evangelical church, and actually our whole title, we call ourselves the Junction Church, but we're actually the Evangelical Covenant Church of the Junction. We have lots of different weird names, but we're, we're going to, we are evangelicals, and historically that just means these things, that uh, we have a strong uh, insistence on biblical authority. we'll always go back to this book that we believe in the absolute necessity of new birth, talk about that in a moment, that we take seriously Christ's mandate to share Jesus with everybody around here, Uh, and the continuing need for education and formation in the Christian context, and a responsibility for benevolence and the advancements of social justice. So we're an apostolic church, a Catholic church, a reformational church, an evangelical church. Now, within that, uh, we have six affirmations that we hold to, and and, and these these are them. So again, we don't have, uh, again, like some churches have like 500 doctrinal points, and if you want to be a part of the church, you have to fit into every one of those, and if you miss three, then sorry, you can't really be a part of our church. I mean, this really is sort of our statement of faith, uh, including those things we talked about before, and the six affirmations, we'll uh, run through them here, and I want to spend the most time in the last one. First one is the centrality of the word of God. Uh, John 8, Jesus said this. If you hold to my teaching, or some translations have word, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That we call ourselves Christ followers or Jesus people or Christians or disciples, however, however you put it. And there are people who hold to the teachings of Jesus. And we find the teachings of Jesus in here. Of course, Jesus held to the Old Testament and taught the apostles who the Holy Spirit uh, breathed through to write most of the New Testament, and so we love this book, okay? We always go back to this book. We love to challenge each other theologically and say, hey, where is that written? Where do you see that in the scripture? We are very, uh, the centrality of the word of God is important. You don't ever need to worry that we're going to, like, toss the Bible out of the door here because it's one of the foundations of Of this church, it's not a fear here that we're going to be going away from the Bible. And if you ever feel that I'm going away from the Bible, please come talk to me. Okay, I'm not some like dispenser of truth up here, where I'm just like dispensing truth out to you, and you have to believe every single thing I say. No, you are called to be good Bible students as well. And sometimes it's good when people come. Hey, Jesse. Tell me about that. I didn't quite get that. Or where do you see that in the Bible? And that's this war. but we're all called to be people of the word here in this church. It's not just me, but all of us need to hold to the centrality of the word of God. Uh, A covenant affirmation says this, and this is a little booklet that maybe I'll stick on the website. You can read if you want more detail on what we believe. But it says this, it is essential then to the life of the church that it be a company of people who desire their lives to be shaped by the powerful and living word of God. The alternative is clear. Not to be shaped by the word is to be shaped by the world. On every side, attractive and persuasive voices urge us towards conformity to the spirit of this age. There is no escaping these pervasive influences. Only the church that hears and responds to the word will be able to be a prophetic voice, In this wilderness and bring healing to a confused and troubled world. So centrality of the word of God is is one of the foundations of what we believe here and who we are as a church. Secondly, the necessity of new birth. Uh, John 3, this is Jesus, said, Very truly, in other words, real important, I tell you, No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And born again just basically means to, to come into a relationship with Jesus, to be changed by Jesus, to allow Jesus to change your heart and give you a new heart and a new life, to be transformed by His power. And, and it says here that no one can see the kingdom of God unless this happens. And we want as many people as possible to be a part of the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is amazing. It is awesome. It changes everything about us, who we are, our marriages, our relationships, the way we love. We want everybody to be a part of the kingdom, and so we are talking about Jesus. We're telling people about Jesus. We say, it is necessary that you know Jesus. Not just an optional thing or something you should think about, but Jesus is real good and real amazing and real loving. There really is a kingdom of God, and so we see the necessity of new birth as just that a necessity. And number three, uh, we have a commitment to the whole mission of the church. Uh, in fact, you know uh, the uh, early covenanters, people in our denomination, were originally called, and I still like the word actually better than evangelical covenant, but they're actually called mission friends. That's what they called our people, mission friends, because they were very friendly to missions and local and overseas. I mean, there are actually more covenant churches like in the Congo and in Africa than there are in like Canada and North America because they were so big on missions and up in Alaska. But we take the great uh, commission and the great commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. We take these seriously. Uh, That's what it says in the affirmations. The covenant church seeks to hold together proclamation and compassion. So go and make disciples. But Jesus also said, love your neighbor as yourself. And so proclamation of the gospel and just practically loving people. We we see them both as important, not one or the other. And too often the church kind of divides over these things. I think they're both important. Uh, The covenant church seeks to hold together proclamation and compassion, personal personal witness and social justice service, and stewardship in all areas of life. God makes all things new and calls God's followers to share this mission. Those who neither know nor love the Lord Jesus, as well as those enduring poverty, suffering, inequality, and injustice, cannot be ignored. And so uh, we love mission. We love Betty, right, because she's on mission. And we need to be on mission here in this area and helping people who are overseas and number four um, we see the church as a fellowship of believers first uh, peter 2 9 says for you talking about those who have been born again changed by jesus are a chosen people you are royal priests a holy nation god's very own possession." You're mine, and we're a royal priest, and he has exalted us in so many ways and and done so much in and through us, all to the glory of Jesus, right? As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light, and the chosen people are the people who are part of the church. Uh, They're people who love Jesus, and we see the church as a fellowship of believers. That is, to be a part or a member of the church, you need to be someone who loves Jesus. Jesus. I mean, there's some places in this world where it doesn't matter if you love Jesus or hate Jesus. You can be a member of the church just because you belong to the state or to the, the government or whatever. We say, no, if you want to be a member of this church, you need to love Jesus. It's a fellowship of believers. Now, if you don't like Jesus and you're hanging out here because you like us more than Jesus at this point, or you're just seeking or exploring things, we say, hey, come on and take part in what's going on. We love having visitors here. We love people here who don't know Jesus because we want to help you get to know him. But fundamentally, the core of our church is a group of believers who loves Jesus. Uh, So membership in the Covenant Church is by confession of personal faith in Jesus Christ. It is open to all believers. We do not expect that all believers will agree on every detail of Christian belief and we're going to talk more about in this in a moment because it's what kind of makes us a little bit unique and number five we hold to a conscious dependence on the holy spirit bible tells us to live by the spirit and we take that seriously Uh, walking with jesus is not something we just do 10 years ago and we you know hey i met jesus back then but nothing's changed i never read my bible i never grow i never love people i just that was something in the past no We're to be living all the time in the presence of our God. We should never take many steps in life without just stopping to acknowledge the presence of the Spirit in our life, the presence of Jesus and the Father with us, that we really believe that we need to be walking with God at all times. As Lyle said, worshiping Him in whatever we do, that we we really see that He is a light to our feet and to our path, and that every move we make, we're saying... God, would you lead me? God, would you help me? God, would you strengthen me? God, would you work through me? That this, this is our life. Not just a little side thing we play around with, but Jesus and walking with the Spirit is our life. So a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. And lastly, the reality of freedom in Christ. This means that we as uh, Christians who are part of this church We love to gift each other with the freedom in Christ. It's not something we take selfishly, but we love to gift each other with the freedom. That is, the centrality of our belief is this book. We've kind of outlaid some of sort of the boundaries, but, you know, our church has pretty wide boundaries. I mean, again, we don't have a a 500-point doctrinal statement that you say you need to fit into all 500 of these things, and if you don't fit in, you can't belong here. We say, do you love Jesus? Do you love the Bible? I mean, do you, do you, you follow with the, you know, the apostolic, evangelical, Catholic, Reformation? you fit into that? Then we say, welcome here. And so we have all kinds of different Christians in our church. Uh, because we take unity pretty seriously around here, because Jesus took it seriously. Jesus said, may they, that's us as Christians, experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. That there is this this power and witness when it comes to unity. I mean, People aren't so impressed when people don't get along because that's how our world works. Like, people just don't get along and they're like, well, that's just like everybody else. But we want a place where we actually get along. So people go, wow, you guys get along and you're really different because we got all kinds of different people here. I mean, we got people here that play guitar to earn money, you know, for a living on the street. And we got people here who are lawyers and doctors and, and we get along. We've got people from different views of debatable issues. And, and we really try to get along because there is power when you can get along with someone who is different than you. And Jesus calls us to a higher standard of love and a higher standard of grace. And so we work on unity. And so sometimes we look at it this way, like a swimming pool, okay, that our church is kind of like a swimming pool. And that is the pool has boundaries, Okay? And the boundaries are this book. We love theology here. We love to study this book. We love to challenge each other. Where is it written? How do you see that in the scriptures? And that creates the boundary of our pool along with those other things that we talked about today. But within Christianity, if you've been a Christian at all and have had your eyes open, there are a lot of debatable issues in Christianity. And some churches say, well, if you don't fit all of these categories, you don't fit in here, sorry, you need to go find another church. We say, we got boundaries, but we, got, we kind of sort of like to talk about those debatable issues. That we don't, dis, we don't kick people out because they take a little bit different view than us. And so, I mean, you'll find in this church, Calvinists and Arminianists. Okay? And, and we actually try to get along. We love talking. I mean, I love talking about like that. We debate with each other nicely, and I try to convince people of what I think, and they try to convince me. But we don't break fellowship over that. It's a debatable issue. Uh, we have people with all kinds of end times views here. I mean, when it comes to the rapture, we get pre, post, and mid. And we got, uh, when it comes to eschatology, and some of you don't even know what that is, but that's all right. We got like all-millennials and pre-millennials and historic pre I am, by the way, and uh, we got all these different views, and, and, and we don't break fellowship over that, okay? We say, hey, let's get along. Let's talk. Let's open up our Bibles, and let's discuss these things. We have people here that are really charismatic. We have people that are not so charismatic, and we say, hey, let's, let's get along. So there's, there's uh, room to move in this pool, and then we got people who are sitting on the side, like, do I really want to do this Jesus thing? And they're kind of watching how we're playing together. And again, when they see us playing together, well, they're like, "Wow, this is a really cool group of people because they actually can get along, even though they have some differences." I want to jump in if they see us fighting and trying to drown each other. It's like, yeah, that's not a very good witness, right? And so, so this is our church, and this is kind of the way we need to be a church here because, you know, the, the statement of a church in every corner. There's literally a, a, a place in the States where there's a church in every corner of this. And, and, you know, maybe that's okay in a city. In a city, you have lots of different kinds of churches. And so a Reformed person can go to the Reformed church. A Charismatic can go to the Charismatic church. The Non-Charismatic can go to the Non-Charismatic church. The Baptists can go to the Baptists. And the Pentecostals go to the Pentecostals. And everybody separates. But guess what? You know how many churches are in South Locan? One. One church within this big this big area here, and so we kind of got to be the Pentecostal church, and the Reformed church, and the Baptist church, and we got to because we want to say, hey, we're not going to kick you out if you know you're an Arminianist and I'm a Calvinist, or vice versa. I mean, or you got that end times view and I got this one, or we have different opinions on the Sabbath or how charismatic. We should be. We say Let, let's work on getting along. There's only one church here, okay, and we want people who love Jesus and love this book to feel welcome here. Saying this, the Covenant Church realizes that this kind of stance is, is hard for some people. It can be very hard for some people. Uh, in her affirmations, it says this, Covenanters have offered to one another theological and personal freedom where the biblical and historical, uh, historic records seem to allow for a variety of interpretations of the will and purposes of God. This commitment to freedom has kept the covenant church together when it would have been easier to break fellowship and further divide Christ's body. To such freedom is no freedom at all. They would rather, uh, to, sorry, to such freedom, to, uh, to some such, freedom is no freedom at all. They would rather have the marching orders clear and unrighteous. Uh, Peachable source of authority to bear the whole burden of responsibility. It's not easy to be free. In other words, some people can't handle this kind of freedom because they want a 500-point doctrinal statement and they want to know exactly what we agree on every single issue and if you don't follow all those issues then sorry, I won't be a part of this church. And we say, "Yeah, we debate about those things." I mean, this does not mean that we don't like the Bible or like theology. We love, I mean, I took my master's in biblical studies because I love theology. I didn't do it in geography or, you know, like science because I love theology. We like to have those discussions and and we like to talk. But in the end, sometimes we need to agree to disagree on issues. And some people say, well, that's a cop-out, this agree to disagree thing, or it's just an excuse not to be theological. Well, that's not the way we use that statement here. When we say we agree to disagree, it means we've researched it, we've studied it, we've actually studied both sides of the situation, and we're trying to find out what God is leading us, and sometimes it seems that people land on different positions, and we agree to disagree. So, not easy to be free, but such limitations of freedom show not wisdom, but immaturity. Uh, Nevertheless, to seek freedom for its own sake is to lose it. Freedom is not for self-indulgent or self-engra... Uh, ingri- oh, whatever, that's a big word. <laughs> but to serve and love God in whom alone is found true freedom. The Covenant Church cherishes this freedom in Christ and recognizes, as one of our forebearers put it, that freedom is a gift and the last gift of all gifts to mature. And sometimes it takes a little while to sort of, to, to kind of realize that, wow, this is a little bit different church because we got people on different kind of uh, sp- perspectives here and so to me this makes a church really fun for some people it makes it really hard and we've had some people who say you know what i just can't fit into that i need to know what you believe in all of these things i can't really handle looking at different positions i have a hard time worshiping with charismatics or i have a hard time worshiping with non-charismatics and i just can't handle that we say well let's try well, let's try to work together <laughs> even though this is maybe a more difficult way to do church But again, we don't have a church on every corner here. We kind of, we're the community church. And so we kind of welcome all kinds of Christians here, and we like to talk about it. And to me, this is the best way for us to really grow in love. Okay, I mean, part of our DNA is loving Jesus and loving people, okay? When things get complicated, when you're hanging around people who are different than you or who think a little bit different than you or have a little bit different view on a debatable issue sometimes it's really hard to really love those people and the easy th- thing to do sometimes is well I'll just leave I'm gonna go find a church where everybody's like me and you fail to really grow in what God is maybe growing you into and that is a, a deeper love for people who are different than you and this church is so perfectly set up to help us love people who are different I mean, we're not all middle class here. We get upper class and lower class and middle class, and we say well, we're going to get along and love Jesus together. Again, we got charismatics and non-charismatics. We got you know cessationists and people who are continuous and all millennials and premillennialists and Calvinists and Arminians, and, and we talk and discuss, but we but we try to get along because it forces us to love. And so sometimes in this church, you will you will hear someone talk about something there, I've never heard that before. Open up your Bible. Where is it written? Go talk to that person. Don't gossip with your friends. Go talk to that person. What did you mean by that? Uh, where is that written? Uh, sometimes people will worship differently than you. Because, again, there are people here who are not charismatic. They probably won't ever la- raise their hands, even if we tied them up. I mean, and there are some people that would never keep their hands down. I mean, I mean, why would we break fellowship over those things? Those are, those are debatable issues. they are personality types. as you know... Some, some people argue it's biblical, and it's just, just the way we are, but we, we want to get along. And so this is not the easiest way to do church, I admit. I mean, the easiest way to do church in a big city is to pick your flavor. So we're going to be the orange flavor, and that church is going to be the blue flavor and the red flavor and the purple fr- flavor. But again, we're not in a city. We're a community church, and so, man, if you love Jesus and you, if you love the Bible You're welcome here, and we're going to study the Bible together and talk about Jesus together and worship Him together and try really, really hard to understand each other and try really, really hard to go talk to people when they're maybe a little different than us or pray differently or worship differently or have a different view on a debatable matter, okay? So our mission is to love Jesus, love people, see transformed lives we center on the Word of God, and I teach the Word of God, and, and, and when it comes to debatable matters, you know what? What I often do is say, here's all the opinions in Christianity, and here's what I think, and, and maybe you have a different opinion, and let's talk about it. This is who we are as a covenant church, and I uh, hope that kind of gets some of you up to speed if you're new here, and hopefully that reminds some of you if you've been around this place for a long time um, that this is what kind of church we are together as we love Jesus, love people, and see lives transformed.